ladies and gentlemen, we're here, not sitting in a loft. We actually have decent audio again this week because it's Strange. episode 50. Yeah. So excited. I can't believe we're here. You know, 50 episodes. That's that's almost a full year of podcasts. Yeah. I, I think the fun part is because we're doing something special today with episode 50. You probably I think it's going to be really tough for Silas to like cut these together to not have our special guest, Jason, already in your frame as well. So, mm-hmm. Jason, glad to have you on, man. Um, But the beautiful part about celebrating at 50, I was thinking through this this morning, Brad, mm-hmm. like we we get to celebrate today because 50 is a big monumental episode. And then truly, yeah, we get to celebrate again in like two or three weeks with, oh man, we have a full year's worth of podcasts. Yeah, no, it's, it's super exciting. I I can't believe we're here. I mean, I think when we started, it was like, Hey, this is the the idea you brought to me. I'm like, yeah, I think we can do that. How, but I don't know how long it'll last, but we think it can last for a while. And I think with anything, you get really hyped about it for the first, you know, month or two. And then, some things taper off, but I can say I'm, I'm just as pumped as ever. So here's to another 50. That's what I say. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and I, I think it's funny because we have so like, I say it, it, it does. It sounds like a negative when I say it with these words, but it's not, we have so many podcasts on the foundation podcast network that I feel like at this point, when we come up with a new idea, it's like, okay, are we actually adding something to mm-hmm. the podcast network or are we, like detracting whatever it may be and so everything's on a trial period so thank Mm -hmm. you to you as listeners for making this entire thing possible and listening in each week coming to us when you see us in person letting us know hey i will listen to the end of the bag episode and now i bagged this or like i mean mvp Mm -hmm. was selling uplinks way before we got on this podcast but i do feel partially responsible for the resurgence of the uplink in people's backs. I agree. Yeah. So MVP, you're welcome. We appreciate the uplink and it appreciates you and our viewers appreciate the uplink. So yeah. And it's it's hard not to gravitate it. Even if we're in the store, we're working in the store, you know, Jason and I both bag uplinks, but in the store, it's hard not to recommend it to all the new players we see. I mean, it's a great desk. So, Hey, Hey, leave a comment below. Is it time for the, in the bag uplink. Yes. <laughs> J- Jason says yes. Um, I think so too. So, hey, maybe uh, that, that monthly box that we do, maybe we'll sneak in a in the bag uplink maybe. Love it. Yeah. That, could, that could be a fun little thing is like running the podcast, like all the podcast logos mm-hmm. and just having like a small uh, segment of all the podcast logos. And mm-hmm. so you can like support your favorite one because I know people would buy like a grip locked disc and you guys obviously are the best fans listening. So we would, we know you would support the, uh, in the bag stuff. So another way you can support in the bag is because we have amazing sponsors in mm-hmm. flippy disc golf, our presenting sponsor of in the bag. And we have in the bag merch at flippy that you can go buy. If you head mm-hmm. to the creator section, uh, you'll find in the bag. And we actually brought a visual today for those of you watching. Yeah, we Jason- have, the back of our in the bag shirt that we talk about all the time. Yeah. You know, we can never really, and yeah, visual learners here, you see, it's like a little blueprint schematic. We talk about all the time, but Hey, visual watchers, here you go. Um, great shirt. It's super comfortable. Just kind of highlights what we do. We talk about everything that's in the bag, you know, what you need to build a great bag, nothing like the schematic there. And, um, thank you for all of those of you who have purchased them. Again, it supports us directly here on in the bag. Um, and they're just a great shirt. They're so comfortable. I mean, Jason and I have to stop wearing ours on the same day all the time. We just and that the hoodies. Make sure you check those out. I know we're in like warmer weather, but those of y'all in like the the northern regions or Canada or our uh, European friends, please check them out. Absolutely. So, Jason, we we're gonna go ahead and dive in to this episode because mm-hmm. at episode fifty, it is uh, just. It's super special. Another thing that I want you to do, Silas, is I want you to grab a still right now of Jason's look right now, because if you yep. go back and watch episode one, this is where longtime fans will know uh, Jason was our first ever guest that we had on in the back. And so mm-hmm. just if we could even like just remove everybody else's faces right now, put up a nice still of we got mm-hmm. swag Jason right now and we have recently retired Jason on episode one. Mm hmm. Man, it's good to have you back, Jason. How are you feeling to be back back with us? 
man, I'm I'm excited for sure. It's I it was I was rewatching the first episode mm-hmm. and it was funny even then how little I thought I how little I knew about disc golf and how much it's changed. And uh, I went when you guys asked me a couple weeks ago to be the guest on the 50th. I was very excited, so I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah, and I can oh. I can contest to Jason's knowledge has grown immensely since he since that episode and since he's even started working here and his games evolved, he, his bags evolved. So I'm excited to walk through it. You know, I purposely did not listen to it because I just wanted the surprise of like just reliving it with, with everybody live here. Yeah. I like it's, it's just, it's very exciting looking at all of this. Um, and so Jason, we want to get re-familiar with you. Uh, and I did not write down your answers on terms of like how far you were throwing then, uh, and things like that. But I do have, I have your old bag pulled up. Um, so I'll be asking some comparisons throughout. So this will be a little bit of a, a special episode. So we'll be doing some like, okay. Cause as I look, there's not, there really is not a lot that was in the bag then that mm-hmm, is right. now still here. So super exciting, but to get to know your game, uh, we, you've been, how long have you been playing at this point? I've been playing right at two years. I was a COVID golfer. I started in April of 2021. So I'm pretty much on the two year anniversary this month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so then we talk backhand and forehand distance, uh, comfortable golf distance. You're stepping up, you're looking and you're like, Hey, a hole is this far blank. I feel like I can reach it with a forehand or I feel like I can reach it with a backhand. So the backhand, so I'm a right hand. So right hand, backhand, if it's an open field, I'm comfortable with 300 to 325 with some of my discs, right? If it's in Verified. the woods, that doesn't, that doesn't count. But in the open field, I can do that. And when we, the first time we had the podcast, I didn't throw any forehands. I've actually been working on it more. They're not straight by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but I throw overstable discs. So I'm very comfortable. I mean, th- some of the holes I've done are, are up to two, 225 maybe with a good, Right, you know, right hand, forehand, overstable disc that cuts up. So I'm getting more comfortable in throwing the forehand. I even threw it a couple of times at New London yesterday. I hit trees. Unfortunately, the throws were great, <laughs> but I hit trees. It's but hard I'm, not to hit trees there. I mean, but I'm comfortable everywhere. enough to throw a forehand now. So I'd say up to 200 feet comfortably, not straight, but comfortably. Okay. And for anyone that follows the foundation, uh, like on Instagram, Foundation Disc Golf, uh, they're going to be familiar with the putting of Brad and Jason because That's true. there are lots of, and not only should you guys be familiar with the putting, you should be rooting for the putting because nine, I would say mm-hmm. it almost always mm-hmm. results in y'all's ability to get more good stuff. So um, Jason, you are, we line you up in the circle. Uh, we ask you to throw 10 putts from 15 feet, 10 putts from 25 feet, and 10 putts from 40 feet. How are you feeling? Uh, so yesterday, I just, I didn't do it today, but yesterday I went in cold, walked in the warehouse, said, okay, I got to test it out. And I was 10 for 10 for 15. Okay. And I did six from 20. And I was, I was very bad from 40 yesterday. It wasn't even close. Like it was embarrassing. Like I'm usually better at beginning close from 40, maybe one or two. Uh, but I'm comfortable. I could, I could say nine to 10 from 15 um, and from 25 to seven, I'm comfortable. I'm going to hit at least that many and from 40. It's really just a hope and a prayer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, uh, warehouse putts are a thing. I think yes. one of my favorite parts <laughs> having now played multiple rounds with Jason uh, since he's been working at foundation is just truly him and Brad, both y'all step up and you're like, Oh, this is just a warehouse putt. Easy. That's true. That's true. It does add a little bit of confidence, you know, that, hey, we do that. I will, I'd like to say every day. We've been very busy over the last couple of months, yes. so we don't really get the putt as much as we'd like to. But, hey, just a little extra. We're going over and grab a disc. We have our like our, our pod set up. We'll knock out a few 20-footers and then walk over to do what we're doing. I mean, it does add the confidence, so I'm very excited about that. And, yeah, for those of you who support and watch those videos – Love it. Make sure you're checking those out and making sure comment, like leave notes on your order. We read all of those. Jason for sure reads all of them. Most of them he lets me know about and we love it. And anything we can do to just get you all involved in the foundation nation, we're just, we're pumped to do it. So it, it, it makes our day to do it. So please never hesitate to do that. Yep. And even, even today, uh, we were pulling the zone OS pre-orders and we made some people very happy with mm-hmm. money stamps, or black disc. So definitely put those notes in there for those kinds of things. Cause we read, like Brad said, we read every single one of them. 
Yeah. Okay. And just by the way, while we we're doing that, I would just like to compare and contrast if we could. Um, I like, I have the transcript pulled up from the first episode. So I was like reading through, I wanted to see like where we were at. So if we want to dive into those really quick, fire away. All right. So, uh, forehand distance, you didn't have anything, but right. your backhand was 275 last time we spoke. So gain some huh. distance. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Being comfortable with it for sure. Yeah. And he, he's, he's being humble about it. Like 300 is easy for him to hit now. He can stretch it out a little farther than 320, but accurately, I would say that 320 distance is, is very comfortable for you now just watching you play. Um, and you didn't have any forehand, like you right. said. So that's looking pretty good. He's, you know, chipping away at those up shots and stuff. And I think before long, you'll be you'll be ready to throw him off the tee. Yeah. You're getting there. I think I'm, I'm for the weekly, it's harder mm -hmm. because those, like, this is a competition, right? If I'm playing a casual round, absolutely, yeah. I'm throwing the forehand more. But for the weekly, even though I finished dead last year, I still was trying. Um, so for putting, it looks like you're eight out of 10 at 10. So now you're just kind of yeah. draining them. You're not, you're completely confident 10 out of 10 there. I watched you do it. So I know you are. Um, eight out of 10 from 15 feet is what you said before. Okay. So, and then you said five out of 10 at 40. Yeah. From last five time. out of 10 for 40. If I said that, I was lying. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I think it's, it, the, the transcript says, I mean, if I'm being honest, maybe 40%. From 40? No. From 40. I think your transcript's wrong. So, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Transcript could be wrong. There's no way I'm hitting four. Anyway. Hey, fact check. We need a fact check from the audience. But hey, regardless, now you know for sure, and you're getting more comfortable with your game. And I think some of that comfortability is coming with, you know, changing your bag up a little bit, knowing what to throw, how to throw, when to throw it, which is kind of going to, I mean, what we're going to kind of examine here. Which part of the bag you want to start with, Robbie? I mean, I, yeah. maybe you, I, Jason, I'll ask you, and then Robbie started to jump in, but what part of your bag right now do you feel like, you know, after like a, 50 episodes where it's almost a year since we talked to you. What part of your bag do you feel like you're like most solid in or you're most confident in at the moment? My mid ranges for sure. Okay. Mid -range. I carry a bunch as we'll talk about, but I definitely my mid ranges. Okay. And okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where, let's dive in. Yeah. Let's, I'll, I'll let you leave that Robbie. Sorry. I just, I'm, I was just curious because I, I know you've been messing a lot with mid ranges. I was just curious if that is like where you're most comfortable right yeah, now. Definitely. Yeah, so looking at your mids, I'll go ahead and we'll start with one that's on the fringe. Would you consider your razor claw a mid or would you consider it a putter? It's it's an approach for sure. Okay. So perfect. it's definitely I I don't throw it long distances because I don't have confidence in it going straight enough for me. Mm -hmm. It definitely yeah. goes more left quickly, but it's definitely an approach, not a mid range for me. Okay. So yeah, we can definitely vibe with like, uh, we'll use it as the bridge, uh, to get us between. So looking at mids back in the day, you had four mids in your bag. Uh, you had an Emac truth, a compass, a hex, and then a bounty on the flippy side. Right. So one thing that I find super interesting, even about the bounty is that the bounty is a very like, it can be an understable disc, especially when thrown on Anheuser. But when we think about like a true understable disc, I think the bounty would be the bounty would be what I think the Mako three is advertised as like neutral to understable. Yeah. Whereas the, like the Mako three is just dead straight neutral kind of a vibe, mm -hmm. both very good. If you're only going to have like one mid range in your bag, but you have kind of like expanded and you have now three actually understable discs in your bag in the mid-range area. So talk us through those three discs. So the, I mean, I'm an uplink guy all the way for sure. I, I had an uplink, didn't throw it till like y'all talked about in episode two or three. Ironically, when I put it in my bag was for forehand, trusting forehands to go left, right from a right hand forehand. And that's why I put it in my bag because of throwing forehands. And then once I started throwing it and being able to flip it up and turn it over, it just has never, is never left. The reason I carry two is purely for a backup. I've had too many rounds where I forgot it on a hole. And then later in my round, I literally had no uplink left. And I was very, very, very sad. Mm -hmm. So I carry two uplinks. They're, they're both 179. It doesn't matter which one I pull out, honestly. One's died. Uh, shout out to Matt Dean, Huntsville. Played with you at the Robbie's uh, get-together. He gave me that disc. I've been throwing it a lot, and it looks great in the air. Mm -hmm. But they, they, they both do the same thing for me. So it doesn't matter which one I pull out. It's really just a backup. Okay. The Paradox 
is more, it'll come out as my forehand gets better. I throw it mostly for like a big turning to the right, right hand, backhand. Um, but also if I do it light enough, I can do it dead straight. I almost threw in for birdie on, I don't know what hole it was, like 10 or 11 or, 11 or 12. Went right for the basket. It was about 130 out. Just a standstill, easy turnover, flip up, and it went right to the basket and hit the top of the basket and bounced out. The closest I've come in a weekly to actually throwing in from that far mm. out. Um, mm. We thought it was in, and it was just too high. So the paradox, I now that I'm throwing more forehand up shots, it gets thrown less in that capacity, and it's more like a shorter flip up. It's because okay. it's a 166, so it's really light. Mm. So that's the reason I have that super understable disc. I don't throw anything really far because it'll just burn over really fast, right? If I'm going to try to burn fast to the right, I'm going to throw a forehand mm. or try to get my uplink going to the right. So that's my for my three understable discs. That's kind of why I have those. It's interesting okay. that you use the Paradox like that. That's how I use the inner core in my bag. It, I need like a, if I, I'm like more of a standstill, but I want it to go like pretty neutral, maybe even turn a tiny bit. Like, and probably the same distance, like 150 out. Like, that's what I'm going to, that type of disc. So that's, yeah. that's interesting. And I'll, and I'll throw that for those short distances when I don't have a lane on the right. So I'll typically, historically, and we'll talk about it, I would throw like my Electron Envy or my Cosmic Electron Envy kind of with a slight fade because none of my stuff, none of my Envies because they're beat in, they're not stable at all. Mm -hmm. But uh, a little bit of consistent ending. And, mm -hmm. But if I don't have a good, open space on the right, I'll throw the paradox because I'll kind of turn it left to right. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you've got a Simon Lazat set up with your mids because mm -hmm. you have gyro on the right side and you've got dismania on the left. So with the Iron Samurai MD3, that's probably like more stable Whereas someone would probably move to like, let's say a wasp or a um, glow reactor or something on that side, like pretty overstable. Mm -hmm. Is that what kind of role that samurai serves for you? It, it, it is. The samurai just came in a few weeks ago because I really needed a more stable mid range. And I've, I've said it for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And I just forgot about the truth. Ironically, it wasn't until I rewatched my video. I'm like, I need to put my truth back in the bag for that stable mid range. I had, have a dyed one that I dyed myself that it was always that and it's been out for like six months so the Iron Samurai actually even for me isn't as stable as I want it to be for a mid-range so it's okay. it's definitely because I threw it yesterday and went OB on hole six because I was trying to cut the corner and it never cut at all mm -hmm. and from, from for how slow I throw in a Anheuser or a Heiser it should have cut left and it almost went straightish for me it didn't cut as much as I needed it to so the Iron Samurai is definitely coming out because the few times I've thrown it, it hasn't been as stable as I thought it would be. And the truth, 100%, is coming back in to replace yeah. that. And it, uh, it's, that's intriguing to me because I know from my experience when I was throwing Emac Truths and uh, like I ran a trilogy only bag um, and had to be like late 2020. Um, and that slot that you're talking about was always something that I struggled with in the trilogy lineup. A disc that is going to hold straight, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's going to fade every single time. Um, Nebula. Nebula is the disc that you need. Yeah. So I'd, I'll be very curious when you come back to the EMAC truth uh, to hear like what is that actually the slot or is it time to look at maybe something else? I know like for me, when I found the reactor, that was like what did it for me uh, in that slot. But you also have the mind bender. So with your uplinks being sort of your love and you can work them, I've also heard you and Brad talk about something when it comes to putting too much power into an uplink. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that with the relationship to the mind bender? Yeah. So the mind bender, what I like to say is the mind bender, like if it'll do what you want it to do, if you know how to throw it, if that makes sense, right? I, when I've thrown the mind bender enough that I can make it go left, if I throw it right, I can make it go straight. I can make it go right. It's very hexish in that capacity for me. You know, hexes were hard to come by. So that's why the mind bender kind of filled that spot for me and I can give it more power and it won't burn as much to the right. I mean, Simon could definitely turn over, but I can't. And so I, if I give it more power, it'll do those things on longer ranges. Whereas if I give the uplink too much and it's, because it's very touchy for me. So if I give it too much power, it's going to burn right really fast. Or if I flip mm. it up good, it's going to glide way too far straight. So it's 
on a good day, I have the touch right and I have it and I'm feeling it well as I throw it. But if I overturn it or if I put too much power, like I never do, I mean, even, uh, even at the most, it's maybe 70, 70% power on the uplink. If I do it more than that, not that I'm a beast, but if I do it more than that, it's going to go too right yeah. for me. So I whereas was... the mind bender, I can definitely give it more. And when I throw it right, it's like, it's so good. I'm so happy. But I, I almost lost it once and somebody found it at Tim Brook and went in the water on hole three. And that water is much deeper than people think or hole two. And it was lost for like a couple of weeks and somebody found it. So I rarely throw it. That's how I'm so protective of that disc. Like, like what's the point? It's in the it's in there. But I didn't throw it at all yesterday because I was scared of losing it in New London. So, yeah. And I, I finally took the mind bender out of my bag. Coming back to what you said about the uplink. That's kind of how I used it was uplink. My ceiling for the uplink on power is like 60% power. Anything more than that, it just doesn't, it's just almost unusable. But like the mind bender, I, I always wanted it to have the same flight as the uplink with like, if I need to throw like a pretty hard shot or I need to throw a little farther. Um, hole three on Timbrook is the hole I always tried to hold, throw it on and I, it would never do what I wanted it to do. Uh, but it definitely would, it would take the power, but I just never felt like it had like a, very like neutral straight flight that I wanted it to have. It just never worked like that for me. And I know I'm looking at your graph and I'm like, that just like seems like what it would do just would be a perfectly straight mid mid range. And just for me never flew that way. And I did replace it with a hex. Um, so it, the hex was definitely what I was looking for. Cause I want something I can hit with some power that would just go straight for a long, long time. Yeah. We were even talking about that yesterday. Uh, cause, cause I needed something that I can go a higher power that'll flip up and not go as much. Right. And, and the discussion was all right. When Trevor and I were talking, I was like, it's definitely the hex. And I just put that new special edition fission hex in the bag. I just didn't want to throw it yesterday. Cause I hadn't thrown it yet, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping yeah. that will be that that's a, a tick less mm-hmm. understable. Mm-hmm. Then the uplink, so I can flip it up and even still turn it a little right as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What weight is your fission hex in? One sixty-seven. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I think that's the the rub is like the hex is one of the molds that I have felt the weight matters so much on, like because everybody is trying to throw these max weight discs all the time. And they get to the hex and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to see it turn over and do all this. Let me grab a 178. And it's like, brother, even in the fission plastic, it's going to take you a hot minute to get there. Like I think of when people, especially if you're foundation fans, you're probably watching Hunter throw his hex that he has literally had in his bag since he did the gyro only bag last June. Mm -hmm. So you got to think. They're the bogey bros. That thing's been smacking some trees. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's had some time yeah. to beat in. So I think that's super interesting. So looking at Razor Claw kind of carries you into the putters um, as this transition like approach disc. But you also have another. It's the Saki Bomb Slammer. Very unique approach disc. Yeah. Talk to us about that one. I it's for my sh- like I never throw it on long distances. It's one that I if I need a if I need an approach to get around a tree that's you know seventy five or in, um, not a straight shot. Or if I have a wide open stuff and I know I can just dump it right underneath the basket, that's the disc I throw. I'm starting to throw it more on um, forehand as well as approach shots to get more comfortable with that. And even messing around on like for example throwing on Annie on like whole four. Timbrook that's straight downhill. Like I'll throw that on Annie and it'll flex back out if I throw it right. So I mess around with doing that with uh with the slammer, but it's definitely a shorter approach disc for me. Okay. Um you also have two envies in your bag, and that might be one of the few discs that like transferred over. Are they the same envies from a year ago, or have they rotated? They, uh, they've probably rotated one, because I had a, co- a few cosmic electrons that were always just in and out. So one of those is a good chance it was in there, and the other one I lost yesterday. <laughs> so it was a newer one that I was trying to beat in. Well, I left it on a whole, uh, whole six where I went OB twice and took a 10. Um, and then a few holes later, like it was, it was in the woods. I'm like, I'm not going to look for it. Cause I have so many envies anyway. And like a few holes later, I didn't tell the guys this, but somebody texted me, say, Hey, I found your envy. I was like, well, if you throw envies, you can keep it. Cause I got plenty of them. So and I never heard back from them. So whoever has that, I hope you enjoyed that purple envy with the white rim. 
Uh, I, what's ironic, not ironic, what's interesting is I don't throw the envy as much anymore. I'm so, I'm, I rely on the uplink and paradox so much for some of those straighter shots. So I don't mm. throw the uplink, it, the, the, I don't throw the envy as much, which is funny because I still love the envy. I just don't. Well, that envy you have is not a normal envy. That thing is just beat into perfection. Yeah, it, 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 it's a flippy envy, which is really fun. And I have so many. That's why like, I have to go back to figure out which ones I want to put back in for what, what purpose they're serving to be in the bag for those things. Just like going back to where the uh, mid-range that would finish more left, like I've messed around with the uh, um, Eclipse envy, mm -hmm. the way Brad throws his, and mine just was never comfortable enough to throw it with a more consistent fade at the end. So I would use a more, I would use a brand new electron envy for that. And that's what that purple one with the white rim was. It was my one that had the consistent fade at the end because the electron just never, and I tried, it just never worked out for me. Mm -hmm. The okay. Eclipse envy never worked out for me. Yeah. Now, another disc that I'm super intrigued by, because if you were describing a shot that you throw with your Paradox, and if I were looking at your bag and I was trying to say, yeah. oh, yeah, I could see like Jason needing that shot and he would obviously <laughs> throw it with this disc yep. at no point would I have guessed. Oh, that's paradox. Right. Obvious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So talk us through the most trendy disc in your bag. I'll go ahead and say you got a glitch in there. Yeah, I um it's funny. The way you describe that is spot on, right? If I describe those shots, you never would think I'd throw the paradox if you looked at my bag. The glitches can fill that spot, but I'm not – because, you know, if, if you throw the glitch right, it's going to go straight, right? But if you – whatever angle you do it on, it's going to take – it's going to stay on that angle, and I, have, I don't have that quite down yet. Um, it's, it's for my upshots that are unobstructed, that are, you know, okay. anywhere from – because I don't jump putt, and I rarely throw my putter just to dump it underneath the back, or underneath the basket. So if it's if we're if it's over forty feet away, I'm going to do an easy little upshot for it, unless it's unless it's just flat and I feel like running it. Um, and so that's what the glitch would be for anywhere, but maybe fifty to a hundred. I would just throw the glitch if it's open. Did it a few times yesterday mm. and didn't park the basket, but I got to go close enough for a putt. But I'm definitely comfortable with that. But then I caught it once, and it and it it glided, glided. It's glide was way past the basket because again it's a toss you know if you catch it right it's gonna go so so it's in there for the fun of it i i enjoy it for sure yeah okay so i'll ask a question for folks that are not as intimately familiar with new london we keep referring to new london quite a bit um definitely go check out uh i mean literally 30 percent of foundation videos uh there's so much in new london so you can see all this on hole five, uh, there's a water carry. There's a big shot into the hill. Uh, and then there's like a little, it's not a water carry per se, unless, because I've never seen that actually have water in it. I'm <laughs> sure it does at points. Oh, but, it does. Uh, so um, there's that little ditch that you got to get over on the right side. I guess you don't technically ever have to have to clear it. You can just go around the left. Um, but you throw into a wood line. So let's say you're on the edge of the wood line, Jason, and you're trying to get to the basket. Is that a shot where you're pulling out the paradox and you're throwing that towards the basket? Like you can see a straight tunnel towards the basket. You're throwing the paradox there, or is that a glitch or is there a little, like it's kind of that gray area between the two. It's, it's, it's gray ish, depending on how wide the tunnel is and, and what my angle is. I would probably lean towards the paradox right now because I'm still working out the glitch because it's still a little finicky. So I would, if I had to do that, I would definitely, I, ironically, yesterday, I think I actually did that on a, I don't know what hole it is. I threw the, I threw the, um, glitch and I should have thrown the paradox with how I was throwing the paradox yesterday. I mean, every time I threw it three or four times and it was great every time. And then I threw a glitch later on mm. and just kind of flubbed it. Um, so for that scenario, most likely it's going to be the glitch. I mean, the, the paradox. Okay. Okay. Super interesting. So before we dive into uh, fairways, because uh, I, yeah, I just think this is so fascinating. Something we didn't talk about uh, in terms of like comparison for the putters. So the zone is out of the bag. That's usually a win for everyone involved uh, when <laughs> there's less of those out there. Uh, and then we have the Luna and the pig were in the bag. And then you had a nomad and your keystone. 
you were putting with the keystone? I was putting with the keystone, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you're putting with Fierce's now. I just um, changed yesterday. So it's, it's funny. Oh, though, man. I know. Guys, this I know. round. <laughs> it's crazy. I, this new London round changed everything. No, I, th- so the Blue Bonnet, shout out Lone Star. They came yeah. in and we're, they're not on our site yet, but we'll be soon. But they just, from when we got them last week, they felt great. Or they were part of our subscription box. So anyway, they felt great. Putters is Phil, right? We, we know that it's Phil. Mm-hmm. And so I'm putting with the Blue Bonnet as of yesterday. With how I putted yesterday, I'd probably throw them away, right? But that's, that's a yeah. terrible joke. Um, they were just fine. Uh, in the warehouse, they were putting great because I threw some yesterday in the warehouse. So it's there's no rhyme or reason for length or anything else. It's purely I like the way the Fierces looked. You know, I've putted with Rocket. I went from the from the Keystone to the Rocket Roach for a while because that's what we had a ton of in the warehouse. That was our main practice putting putter in the warehouse was the Rocket Roach. Then I went to the Fierce months ago. And so now I'm messing around with the uh, – I went to Adam for like a week and, and didn't, just didn't work out for me. Not a gyro um, guy for putters. Not for putters. Okay. And then so now the fiercest were just fine. Like there's no logical reason I switched them other than just to switch it up. So I'm trying to blue bonnets out now. Okay. I, I can respect it. That's, you know, I enjoy, I hope you enjoy your Lone Star journey uh, mm-hmm. and that they treat you well. Brad, do you have... This is probably tricky for you, Brad, because I feel like you get to see kind of this evolution going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have any questions on mids or putters? Um, my first comment, not question, is he never should have changed the fears. He was putting very well with them. <laughs> and he has a million of them to putt within the warehouse. This is true. So put, changing putters was a mistake, I think. Um, so that's just a comment and he knows that so if anybody's coming by the store there'll be two used blue bonnets in there very soon yeah right so that's going to benefit someone else um no i think with um like the envy i you know is there a reason you haven't thrown the proxy as just like a off the shelf understable option for that instead of when i was first starting between the envy and proxy the envy worked and i've just never gone back to the proxy i haven't grabbed an electron proxy to mess around with Mm -hmm. And just haven't gone out and throw it. It's thrown it. So there's no there's no good reason because the envy was good, the uplink was good. So I didn't have a reason to go try the proxy out. And I just wonder if like a neutron proxy would be like a very straight option that you could put a little umph on if you needed like a very straight like tunnel shot. Yeah, that's just I guess my question was like you know have you thought about that? As far as um, mid ranges go, I don't think I have any questions. I mean, really the the mind bitter confuses me because we've talked. Jason and I have talked a lot about everything we're pretty much going to talk about because we just spend a lot of time together. And the MD one, like Mindbender, I'm just like, if you're not, hey, if you're not, if you're afraid to throw it, take it out of the bag, throw something else. Totally agree. And yeah, I think the hex, you know, shout out Declan who hooked us up with some used hexes, which I think are the best kind of hexes because they have a little bit of wear on them, and uh, several of them are lightweight, right? You have a lightweight one, yeah. Uh, so shout out Declan, thanks for that, man. Um, but the, I think the hex is the answer there. And even like as hexes become more readily available, even the Lozado, who, which is a more overstable version of the hex, you might be able to have some mold minimalization there and maybe fill a couple slots. Yep. And then I also, I challenge you to try the Nebula. <laughs> I think the Nebula. <laughs> We've got to get Nebulas to try them, unfortunately. So. I, hey, I've got, a, I've got Nebulas. I've got the Nebulas. <laughs> you are more than welcome. I, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> So no, that's that's all I really have. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think you see the growth. I think you see like, again, the thing we always talk about, at least that I started to feel was like, okay, you had a bag and you just kind of put stuff in it. You learned what to do, kind of what not to do. Then it seems like your putters kind kind of evolve with your approach disc, and then you start like, okay, I only bag like one or two mid ranges, and now I see why there's need for multiple. Right. So I think you're seeing that growth in your bag and your and it seems pretty well balanced. At least the thought process is well balanced. You're trying to like find stuff that works in those slots for you. So no, I think that, I think it's really it. I mean, really um, I think there's going to be some, I know why your fairways and your drivers look the way that they do, but I'm just curious to see your like actual thought process on like, cause I mean, you have like the river mockingbird, jackalope passion are all like right there in that little square right together. I'm sure they fly a little differently for you, but um, I think that's where you were going to go next, Robbie. But I'd just be curious to see, you know, walk us through your. I'm just going to go. Is it okay if I lump them together, Robbie? The Passion, Jack yeah. Love River, Mockingbird, because they're really all yeah. right there. Um, what what really separates those, and or is this like a hey, I'm trying all these in the slot to figure out what works for me? Yeah. So I, good question. 
and I can I can definitely justify most of them. So at least in my mind, I can. So <laughs> my river. And now I'm a slow arm speed anyway, so very few things flip up for me. My river is very a very stable river, even for even for uh, for me it is. I've never even even though it's right, it's a seven seven negative one one, so neutral and possibly turnover for me. It's definitely a hyzer. Almost a spike hyzer shot. I rarely throw that flat or straight. It's a trustable. It's like it's almost because it's a seven speed. It's almost like a long mid range for me. I never think about mm. throwing that on distance. It's more mm. like almost where my <clears throat> a little longer than what my truth used to be because I had a, a river and a okay. truth and I used them for big spike hyzer things. That I knew had big turns, which is funny that I forgot all about that when I kept thinking about my mid range uh, mm. stable. I just totally forgot about that. But that my my river is the only river I own. Uh, is definitely more stable than a seven seven negative one one even for me. So that's why that's there. Even though it, if you look at where it's at, it charts in the middle. Mine's always going to go left. I never throw it straight yeah. or to the right. So that's why it's more like here yeah. is where my river is. So like a two stability almost for yeah. you for me. Yeah, like an O two. The yeah. Mockingbirds is is fantastic. I I had one for a while and lost it. It's one that's definitely it's a flip up straight or can turn over a little bit to the right. I lost it for a while, and thankfully I was able to grab one at MCO this past weekend. So that's it, it hasn't been thrown in a while, but it got put back in the bag right away because when I had it, I don't throw it as far. I mean, it's only seven speed. I don't throw far anyway, but it, it rarely went left for me, even for it. Now it's a negative two one, but I could flip it up and make it go straight. It's the one that on a practice round, I parked the basket at Timbrook, that tunnel shot hole three. It flipped it up mm. perfect and went like, you know, eight feet from the basket because it just flipped up and went straight. Um, mm. Even though seven speed, I have slow arms. All right. So that's why the Mockingbird's in there for a little bit longer kind of flip up shots. The, the jackalope, we all, for those, I mean, Brad loves a jackalope. You can do a lot of mm -hmm. stuff with a jackalope. Mm -hmm. And when it's thrown right, um, it, it, you can turn it over. I did that a couple times yesterday, too much to the right. You can put on hyzer and make it go left. You can flip it up. Um, and his is an apex, by the way. The apex, yeah. I, the eternal one has like a little tick of stability to it. Yeah. Um, but it, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like whenever you're like, hey, I need to throw a max distance shot here to trust. I feel like I see you grabbing the jackalope a lot. Is it's that the, correct? The jackalope would, is definitely my max distance shot right now. Unless, unless, cause I don't carry, as we've talked about, I don't carry too many other things. If it's a big wide open stuff to flex, maybe it'd be one of the, the distance or the only distance driver I have. But, um, but yeah, like I even, um, I always joke that at, a at, um, peaks view shorts, there's only one hole that I couldn't technically birdie is 17. We talked about this, Robbie. And I threw the yeah. last time we were there, I threw the, um, the jackalope flipped up underneath the tree, 20 feet, missed the putt. But I was, I was within a birdie putt range. So, um, yeah. because I threw it perfectly, right? It just everything, it flipped up, turned a little bit to the left. But the jackalope, if I'm throwing it well, I can make it do good things going right, going left, going straight. I throw, I'm actually messing around throwing it on forehand as well, um, for distance. And so that's my jackalope, as Brad said, is definitely my, uh, more like a distance disc for me. The passion, even it's another one similar to my river. It doesn't, it's not as stable as my river, but most of my, most of the, the newer passions I have finish more left and I throw them mm. on. I'm that's almost not consistently, but it's, I throw it more forehand when I mess around with forehand. I think it's going to be my forehand disc for that distance. Um, yeah. and so, uh, it, that's why when I even knew when I threw it yesterday once or twice, it was, it was on forehand both times because uh, it's, yeah, I have a bunch of passions. So depending on which one's in there and the way it's feeling at the time, but the one that's in the bag now, but that blue one is definitely a forehand disc. So that's okay. So that makes more sense. Even though they look in this little block, it's really going from most overstable to yeah. most understable would be rivers. You're most stable in that fairway. Then your passion, then your jackalope's kind of your neutral. Yep. I can mold. And I think someone said craft last craft. on an episode, yep. craft your shot or line with the jackalope. And then more to the understable side is your mocking where you can flip yep. up or turn over. If that, you need that's, it. A, right, I mean, that's a good way to describe that. I, that. If I, I would describe it that way from most stable to less stable would be that in that order. Yeah. So the Valkyrie, although the Valkyrie probably looks like one of the more, if I had to guess deceptive ones on this chart, because it's a DX Valkyrie and it is sitting in the dead middle of the chart. And that's where if you guys are ever building your chart, you feel free to even like mess with the numbers a little bit whenever you do it. Because if you think it's flying a little differently and whatnot, I think it creates super interesting discussion. But if I had to guess, the Valkyrie 
is probably a lot closer to the free tail. Um, or not that depending on so yes it's definitely flippy my free tail doesn't even though it's a negative four it doesn't because of its speed as it doesn't flip that much it's definitely a flip up to straight my my free tail Mm -hmm. is it doesn't i don't have or at least haven't messed with it enough to try to make it turn right yes to to get to the point you're making definitely my valk uh dx specifically because none of my premium plastics will do it as they get beat in if i want to do that turnover to the right i can definitely do that with my with my Valkyrie. It's very hard to make that go left. Even for me, unless I throw on an extreme hyzer, the more I beat that in, the more it's straight or, or goes right way too often. So, so would you describe your Valkyrie as a longer uplink for you? <laughs> that's, you know what? I've never thought about it that way, but that's definitely a good description and how I think about it. Cause I think about flipping that up for straight or flipping that up to turn right. Mm-hmm. Robbie, you're very smart. I appreciate that. I I've built at least <laughs> 40 bags. Uh, <laughs> so uh, no, it's, we are, yeah, I think that's, that's something that I, you know, we don't talk about it too often. We talk about it a lot. Let's put it that way, but we never like name it mm-hmm. here on the podcast. And so would love to hear a description or whoever coins it, you know, we'll, we'll try to do something special for you. But this idea that there are, it happens so often when we see bags and maybe I'm crazy, Brad, but you can tell me if I am. I mean, I am crazy, but the, like when someone loves a shot at this range. So let's say we'll look at Jason in his uplinks. Like he throws his uplink really well. Usually if you fall in love with the slot at that lower speed, or even if you have a, like for someone like who like Connor who prefers his fairway driver shots, they fall in love with a shot or a slot at the higher speed. It's always interesting to see like do they try to find that exact same shot elsewhere in the bag? Uh, so we have Griffin disc that we've named. I don't know. Like, am I crazy for thinking about? No, that? I mean, do we see I can that? Name it right now. Like how mine is Eclipse Envy Nebula. The grackle and then era they all fly pretty s- similar for me they have a initial very straight flight with an overstable finish at the very last percentage of the flight and i consciously was like okay i need this here 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 and here what are those discs it's it's funny you say that about that because i just yesterday was messing around with the virus which is like a nine mm. five negative three going back to the negative yeah. three right that's that's mm. that Similar th- concept, and it, and it flew, and I threw it pretty well a few times yesterday. So uh, we're gonna call it the ladder of stability. <laughs> Can we call it that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm down for climbing the ladder. Uh, I don't I almost even not even say stability, the ladder of comfort, mm-hmm. because that ladder shifts for so many people. Mm-hmm. Like Jason's not really looking. Like if you look in the top end, I would say there isn't something trying to find that NV slot or. The obviously there was the gap with the mid range mm-hmm. with the truth or the iron samurai. So it's like, it's like people find something or a shot that they throw really well in their bag or a slot that they throw really well. And then it's like, all right, that is my baseline or like, that's my flagpole, whatever it may be the ladder. It's like, it's all set up there and it's like, all right, I'm going to set the ladder up here. And then I just want to make sure that like, this is comfort. This is home. And you're scaling the side of your house, putting up Christmas wreaths, and you're like, "All right, I just want, I can't, mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable getting that window that's all the way over there. Mm-hmm. I can't do it." And that's my super overstable stuff, or my ladder's pretty neutral. And when I try to get to the super understable stuff, I can't. Yeah, so it's like scaff. It's like scaffolding, right? We're we're building yeah. scaffolding up the flight chart, <laughs> and you have to decide. Only you can choose. Mm-hmm. Uh only you can prevent forest fires and only you can choose where you want to fit that. So, okay. So you got three discs left that we haven't talked about. Um, and I think it's interesting. You had an era in the bag when you joined us on episode one, you have an era in the bag today. Uh, but a disc that you did not have in the bag back then is you did not have a Raptor in your bag, but that's the one that, that, no, we suggested the Valkyrie. No, Did we no. also suggest you a Raptor? suggested Raptor or Felon and already had oh, the Raptor. Baby. So. Okay. 
It's still Talk here. Us through it's it. still here. So, so the Raptor I throw predominantly forehand. Um, but it, when I have a, it's the same way if I want to flex a little bit more to have it turn, cause y'all suggesting was trying to work on more Anheuser throws, which I've tried. It's just not comfortable for me to throw Anheuser throws. It just doesn't work. I've tried and I've tried. And so, um, yeah. but if I want to have a little bit of a flex to go not too far left, but long with that, and that's what the era is as well. The era is my max distance shot. Well, the free tail just went in there. So I think that's going to become it. Because okay. I'm, I threw it a couple of times yesterday and I felt really good with it if I work on it some more. Uh, but the era is the, and when I throw max distance for the era, it's definitely on an Anheuser flex shot. I'm, I'm comfortable in throwing that one. But the, the Raptor's there predominantly forehand. And it's like, it won't, okay. it, the way I, it feels good for me. And it'll definitely stay in the bag for, for a while for my forehand shots. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just, it goes so far, it goes left so fast. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm still learning the concepts, not the concepts. I'm still learning when to use skip shots and those kinds of things. So I, when I play with the guys and see them actually intentionally do that, that's, I need to learn when to throw those kinds of shots, a higher speed shot on a, on a shorter shot to make it skip. Okay. So I don't do that yet. And that's the next skill set I got to work on. So I don't use any of those higher speed discs for those kinds of things. Um, but it could also, it, it could also serve that purpose as well. Yeah. And it, it's fascinating. You talk about the skip shots, like, people intentionally playing the skip shots. I think it's funny when you start intentionally playing skip shots, you're also aware you become a lot more aware of accidental skips of like, Oh yeah, I throw this Raptor for intentional skip shots. So I should also probably understand that like when I throw my Raptor in general, it's going to get some skip or something like that. Like I'm about to, uh, after we finish recording, I'm going to go record uh, a round at our local A tier and hole one uh, at this course is a super flat plateau, but there's like this big bank off to the left. Mm -hmm. So the, the plateau is probably only 20 feet wide, if that, and then there's this cliff off to the right. So everybody throws these hyzers up over the cliff into the plateau, but it's about 320 feet that you need. So they're all throwing these distance drivers as AMs and they're hitting the wall and they're like skipping because they're throwing that distance driver skips right into the wall and then rolls OB. And they're like, mm-hmm. how did this happen? Uh, and it's, yeah. So I, I think that like intentional skip is so big for not only yeah like shot potential but shot understanding as well so i think that with my whatever episode it was that we talked about my vulture and the the flare skip i get off of that i started playing that and i'll admit like i'm now way more conscious of like my landing angle and like i find myself choosing like oh well and the distance and form and all that is starting to help too but i'm like oh well i really should throw a mid-range here because i really just want to eliminate this flare skip potential. Whereas I would maybe throw, maybe instead of my FD, I'll throw like a nebula. And that way mm-hmm. I can just like guarantee I'm going to control the ground action a little bit or even like choose a putter to like go into a side of a hill at a certain angle versus a mid range versus a fairway driver. So I, I feel like Robbie, I'm in that exact spot. So I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like, once again, it's not a, oh man, your people are dumb for <laughs> not realizing it. But when you, for instance, like Jason, you're trying to throw a 350 foot shot. First off, you're probably not even trying to throw a 350 foot shot. You're probably just like sick. I'm gonna play for control because you're a wise human being who has listened and done that. But if you had to throw a 350 foot shot, you don't really get to choose the landing. Like mm-hmm. you, you just kind of, kind of rip one. Uh, and so I think it's just as players continue to listen to the podcast, our hope is that like you're finding disc options, you're finding that and that, yeah, like not only are we helping shape your bag, we're helping shape your shots mm-hmm. uh, at the same time. So um, Jason, I, I want to say thank you for coming on. Um, I want to wrap this up in like a unique way. What part of your bag, Brad asked you what part you're most confident in with your mid ranges. What part of your bag do you feel like is the most wishy-washy right now or like least confident? Distance, distance with accuracy, but distance in general. So like play, like 
a course like New London, for example, right? I mean, the smart way for me to play that is to not even maybe throw a fairway like the my Valk that I know can go straight, but it's really throwing things and just keeping it in the fairway for for a lot of the tunnel shots. So there's a couple wide open shots that I could throw the free tail and just kind of go crazy with it. But it's distance with uh, consistency. We're trusting I can throw it over 300, and I know as opposed, like you say, if I'm trying to throw it 350, it's going to land wherever it lands. Love to get to the point where 320 to 300 to 320. Oh, okay, I know I can hit that spot in a tighter angle. So, yeah. Let's see. So that's so interesting because I I love the approach that you've already taken by not having 12 speeds in your bag, mm-hmm. not having 11 speeds. So I feel like you're on the path to that. Um, and I I would I would tell you, I think that like from a disc setup which is the whole point of the podcast is trying to make sure that you guys are set up for the most success when you get to the course um, or before you even arrive to the course. And I look at that quad setup you have in the river, the passion jackalope mockingbird. And I just think like, man, if more players adopted that quad, Mm -hmm. you have the, like, it looks to me like you have the shots for it. It's just time and reps with that, trying to get that distance. Um, so I I want to encourage you as we head off of this that like you have low-key built a really good bag and adapted a really good bag. Like looking at, I mean, guys, he had a pipeline, a vault, a stag, a river, a passion, a lift, a Valkyrie, a vandal all these different molds that all, if that's what these, if your quad is doing this for you now, I can only imagine the chaos that (laughs) was your old bag. So I just props to you, sir, uh, for the growth that you've had. And I think if that's like your least confident, I want to speak to you in confidence of like, you're on the path. Uh, The train's going to get there. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, when I was rewatching that video, I was like, oh my gosh, it's embarrassing. Because <laughs> not in a bad way, but I was like, holy crap. I mean, I was a new golfer at the time still, but uh, mm-hmm. but coming to this level now, and, and right, I have no business. Even the warehouse with new disc comes in, and it's, it's over nine speed. I'm like, I have no reason to grab this. The brand new cloud breaker. <gasps> Let me just put that right back because there's no reason for me to have that cloud breaker. Jason and I have a pact with this. <laughs> We're not throwing anything over 10 speeds. So we are just. Yeah. The free tail, though, I, I've been happy with a few throws of the free tail, but it's a negative four. I yeah. mean, come on. That's perfect for me. So Yeah. And as as this, it becomes available, I would love a free tail. Right now, we've not been able to get a free tail in Apex plastic just on the wholesale side. I would love a free tail in Apex plastic. That acts more like the jackalope. Maybe like, it would basically be like a little bit longer jackalope. But I th- I say lead into that eight to seven. I'm throwing the same thing. The, the farthest flying disc in my bag is my F. Well, that's not true. And I found that out this weekend, but my, I can throw my FD now, my S line FD as far as I could throw anything like five months ago. Like I can, I can mm-hmm. confidently with the change Robbie had me do with my grip and just that disc, the confidence I have with it. I mean, this last weekend I got to play in Ohio a little bit and I was hitting three thirty, three forty consistently every time with my FD, a seven speed. Mm-hmm. So like, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't care what the speed says anymore. If I'm comfortable with it, if I like feel I can get a good release with it, I know the thing with the FD is I know exactly how it's going to fly. It flies the same every single time for me. So if your your quad you have working there, you know what those are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's clear because on paper they do something completely different. You know you're comfortable with them. They you know the flight. I mean, I think you're probably like you said your jackalope is what you're confident. I've seen you pick it up. Like, oh, I need to throw far. I'm going to pick the jackalope because I know it needs to have this shape. Yep. So say lean into that. Hey, keep your raptor for some beef and just get and mess with the free tail. Get rid of the rest of it. That's what I say. <laughs> come on. Come on. Well, Jason, I want to say thanks for coming on, man. Uh, pleasure to call you a friend. And we are grateful for all you do in supporting the podcast and just continuing to be a rock star at Foundation, man. Uh, so... Glad to have you here as a friend of the show and our uh, our only get our only three time guest, I believe. Yes, because we've had Trevor and Hunter have been on twice, but I don't think they've been on three nope. times. Yep, no, Jason is the only three time guest. So suck it, Trevor and Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I love it because Trevor's right there. I, I, I do appreciate it. I was like I said when you guys asked me to be on, I was like, oh wow, that's fantastic. I being in the being a year later listening to you guys uh, the, the in the bag podcast, talking to the guys here at the warehouse and the store. Um, definitely made me a smarter disc golfer. Like I told Robbie this, a course in Tuscaloosa, I used to think I knew how to play. I went back and played it over the holidays. I was like, oh, now I know how you're supposed to play it. And I know the disc mm-hmm. I have as opposed to just throwing stuff. It was it was comical when I'd go up to a hole, but like, oh my gosh, the kind of stuff I would throw previously as to, without understanding my disc. So I, I appreciate that. And like I said, I'm, I'm very disc here or there, whatever. I'm very happy with my bag right now, knowing I don't have distance. So that makes it easier because mm-hmm. I don't have distance that I can mm-hmm. hone in on that quad that you talked about. And I'm very comfortable. Your with what distance I will grow with you though. That's the thing I've just accepted. I, when I'm not working on distance, it improves because I'm yeah. working on other, I'm working on shot selection. And I'm working on form. I'm just not even worried. Like I don't even care. Like if I could never throw over 400 feet, I just literally do not care anymore yeah. because I'm, I'd rather throw a bunch of really good 350 foot shots than throw a, a handful of 400 foot shots that are decent and not where they're supposed to be. So yep. and that's just, there's some wisdom. There's my piece of wisdom after 50 episodes, I think just to piggyback off of Jason. Fantastic. Hi, come on. Well, if you guys are not feeling confident in your bag and you're like, man, I, I wish that I could speak like, so with such, you know, pride and what i've built Mm -hmm. there's what like jason gets access to a lot of stuff because he is in a place called the warehouse so the question that we all have is what's new in the warehouse Okay, before we jump into that i I would like to present jason with his nickname (laughs) oh no oh oh yeah we have all business brad robbie c what do we got okay jason is gonna officially be dubbed i'm knighting him on camera if you can't see it (laughs) he Jason is now dubbed Mr. Warehouse. Jason, Mr. Warehouse Collins. Love that, it. That is his nickname, and he will forever be dubbed as Mr. Warehouse. Fantastic. So, Mr. Warehouse, I'm going to hand you this because we brought these <laughs> over, but tell us about what's new in the warehouse today, Friday, April 14th. So, the most exciting thing, of course, is the Zone OSs. I don't know if you can see that there. Um, the boot? They, uh all the pre-orders we packed them. We packed them all this morning. So if you pre-ordered and you put color requests in there, I think we met Everyone. every single request. Not necessarily all the foils because we didn't get wow. any flag stamps, any flag foil for us. If you ask for flag, sorry, but we have Zone OSs. We're going to have close to 100 or so hitting this site at five Eastern today. Mm-hmm. Um, a unique thing. I'll give it away, and I think Hunter's already put it out there. But a few of them. So you may guys, you may have seen this on social media, but so the flight numbers for the Zone OS is four two one five. That's five, mm-hmm. 2.6. But just for fun, Discraft and some of them, instead of putting numbers there, put beef there. Robbie texted me last night. I literally went back to the warehouse last night to see how many we had. So I think we have close to 10. It'll be clearly labeled. They're, they're the beef disc, um, the variant. So at 5 Eastern today, our Zone OSs are going to hit the site. Is the biggest thing hitting the site today. I'd let Brad talk about anything else, but that's the most exciting thing. Mm-hmm. We have a variety of colors, so we still have a bit of every color to include, I think, one or two blacks. Yeah. Um, one of those blacks is a beef stamp, so be hitting there right at 5 Eastern. Yep. So, no, yeah, that that's really exciting. And, yeah, we, we ordered plenty to make sure we had room for everybody. I mean, I still think they'll go very quickly, so make sure you check them out. But this is an opportunity to get one if you didn't get one during the pre-sale. So make sure you do that. They'll also be available here in our retail store today. Um, just trilogy being trilogy, man, we've got a billion trilogy discs that they released yesterday. We've got a billion that they released the week before. We've got a billion that they're releasing next week. But uh, this week, some really cool stuff we did uh, restock wise. We have more saviors and glories back, which is nice because I know uh, a lot of you have been asking about those. Uh, but Raptor Eye Slammer, we have those. We have a few left as of this morning, so make sure you check those some, out. Some cool colors. There's one particularly that's a green with a pink eye. It was super cool as I was putting those up it was on the site. It was the only one we yeah, saw like that. I want the two different. Everything else is like purple, purple, light blue, light blue, but that was green with a pink eye. Yeah, if pink guy, that's right. <laughs> that's if you're right. if you're uh, if you're a Zach Melton fan, his uh, Fusion Orbit Maverick looks it feels great, looks great. Uh, 
Sayanaya. I always feel like I say her name wrong. Sayanada. Sayanada. See, that's Sayanada. That's why, because I always say it wrong. That disc feels great. I'm sorry for yeah. jumping in, but like, I'm like, it looks the stamp is super sweet, but it's felt great. Yeah, oh, man, tournament so. burst bear. So yeah, it's very firm. Yeah, it's yeah. very very firm. firm disc. Like for TP plastic, it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, speaking of beef, if you need a soft, um, I'm sorry. Classic just, soft. Classic soft. Help me. Justice. Justice. Wow. A classic soft justice. There we go. Um, that is, yeah, the, yeah. the arms. Yeah, that makes you know <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we have, we do, I think we do have some fusion uh, orbit graces and claymores left. So make sure you check those out. So just looking at recently restocked as always. Make sure that you uh, always are looking there because we're uploading stuff all the time. Even the Lone Star that we keep putting up is in there. Um, anything new, just make sure you're always looking at the recently restocked. Um, and Bogey Bro Coffee, if you haven't tried it out, we got Bogey Bro Coffee available. Make sure you try it. Come on. So that's in a nutshell. That's what we got. There's more stuff. Check out our website, foundationdisc.com, and let us know. And if there's something we're missing on there that you like, love to see, let us know. Because we're always looking for like smaller niche brands to try out, or maybe there's like a plastic of some random mold that we just don't ever see the need to get. But maybe there's like some weird cult following, or like some real like something we're missing. Because we want this to be for you, like this podcast, like our Foundation Nation, like our our warehouse and our online store. It's for you, and it's because of you we get to do what we do. So if we're missing something that you're like, hey, you you're really missing out on the, I don't know soft opto this is not a real deal soft opto river then let us know we'll try to get it for you yeah because you may be throwing the uh soft opto river and be like oh my gosh this is so good and you're gonna have to want to put it in your bag so thank you for 50 episodes here's the 50 more we'll see y'all next week